We're in 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at verse 5 for the context, please. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly and to the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. We need to sow choices of character over comfort. We need to sow choices of character over comfort. For the last several weeks and really several months, we've been focusing on these virtues that we find in verses five through seven. We've had sermons about diligence, faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity. These things we need to choose to put into our life on purpose. But we see after he gives us that list, it changes to, okay, well, what happens if I don't? And it gives us a picture of the spiritual life of a born again believer who does not choose character over comfort. Let's pray and we'll continue on with the lesson. Father, we thank you so much for an opportunity. Lord, to come together to hear your word preached. Thank you for the testimonies that we've heard, the singing we enjoyed, opportunity to give, opportunity to see the the highlight of the kids ministry. Bless them, Lord, in the next room. Thank you for giving us children, those in the room who have kids. Help us to raise them for you. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would show us very clearly how important it is to intentionally make choices of godly character over comfort. We need your help. Please help me, I pray. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to look at another verse that kind of gives the same idea. Now notice in our passage, he says several times, look at verse number five, beside this giving all diligence, right? And um, we can also see that uh, when we go over to verse number 10, it says, wherefore the rather brethren give diligence 
to make your calling and election sure. He's, he's saying this over and over again. We have to do this on purpose. If we're going to grow in the Christian life, it's not going to be by accident. How many of you love cutting the lawn? You, you love the lawn care or the gardening? One hand, that's exactly what I thought. You know, uh, in my neighborhood, my neighbor, which he's, from what I can tell, he's a great guy, uh, nice man. He's got a beautiful lawn. Gorgeous. Our lawn is the opposite of beautiful. It's horrible, right? It, it is weeds. Uh, my neighbor has a, uh, he, he, told, he told me, uh, it's funny, when we moved in, he's like, you need to do something about your grass. I'm like, thank you, I know that. Um, <laughs> But his lawn is beautiful. And he told me that he ripped out, completely ripped out down to the, down to the dirt, all of his grass when, they were, when some uh, people were doing some other uh, modifications to his, his house and yard. And they put in sod. So they take this beautiful grass and they unroll it. It's been grown out in a beautiful place somewhere out in the GTA, right? And they cut it and they roll it up real nice. And they, and they bring it out and they just unroll it like this beautiful, lush green carpet. Something he also has is an in-ground sprinkler system. I don't know if he pushes a button, right? Or he says, hey, Alexa, water my grass. Probably something fancy like that. Right? And these, these little sprinklers pop up out of the ground. And they very gently water his grass. You look at that lawn and you think, that is a beautiful lawn. Also, you realize that did not happen on accident. Right? It costs time. It costs what? Say it. It costs money. It costs time. It costs money. There's a system to keep it beautiful, not only to, to, to start the beauty, but to keep it beautiful. It doesn't happen on accident. Everybody say it with me. It doesn't happen on accident. We can see, we can see uh, 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 kind of a picture. I don't know what's going on with our little screen here today. It's a little lazy. But we can see someone intentionally placing seeds in these beautiful little furrows in order to plant these uh, to make to have these plants grow, very intentionally placing them. Again, if we were to if we were to look at this guy's lawn, beautiful, gorgeous, didn't happen by accident. Then you look at my my lawn, which we're working on it by the way. So calm down, everybody, calm down on Pastor's lawn, right? And you think, wow, that lawn is rough, right? And then you could easily say it's natural. But what happens if you just let a lawn go its natural way. What does it grow naturally? Weeds. Thank you. Weeds. It grows weeds naturally. Isn't that true? It grows weeds. Guys, let's take a moment. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6. So 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians. Now, if you're using your phone, maybe a little easier to just kind of scroll down. That's fine. I, I, am, I am old school in the sense I love a paper Bible. 
There's nothing like feeling it, smelling it. Look, don't look at me weird. People smell their books. It's normal. And you're not buying it. Miss, Miss Yodit just smelled her Bible for the first time. Right? It smells like paper and leather. Just, yeah, it's amazing. It smells like holiness. Just kidding, guys. Calm down. Okay, Galatians 6. Okay, look at verse number 7 with me. Thinking about that grass. Okay, now remember, when we're talking about sowing seeds, okay, we're talking about making choices. That's why the title says, Sow Choices. So a seed is a what? A choice. Everybody say it. A seed is a? Choice. Say it. A seed is a choice. A seed is a choice. Every time you read in the Bible, when it's talking about the sower went forth to sow, okay, in Mark chapter four, it's talking about the sower is sowing the word of God. He's sowing the truth, but when people receive the truth, he compares us and our heart to ground, right? And we have a choice to, as we hear the word of God, we have a choice to make a choice based on what we hear. So a seed is a, is a choice. A seed is a choice. Okay? When we receive the seed, we have an opportunity to make a choice. We have an opportunity to make a very shallow choice. Immediately reject it. We have an opportunity to make an emotional choice. Ooh, I like that sermon. I think I might do that. That will help me tomorrow. Okay, that's that's okay. That's 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 something. Then it goes a little bit deeper. This is someone who they hear the word of God and it changes them for maybe a week. They start doing it for maybe three months. Pastor, I want to grow. Okay, do this. And they'll try for about two or three months. And then some things start happening. Their friends start calling. The seasons change. Seasons are always changing in Toronto. Right Right now it's beautiful summertime. Lots of opportunities to, to have fun and, and, and hang out and, and, and go cottaging. If you have a cottage, praise God for you. Right? I don't have a cottage, I'm kind of jealous. Right? Um, and then you've got the people where it's like, I'm receiving this truth. I'm really trying to think about this truth. And my intention is to try to understand it as best as I can. Why? So that I can really implement it for the rest of my life. Right? Okay? So you're receiving it and you're thinking, I'm going to make this choice, not just for now, but forever. But it doesn't happen naturally. It is a choice. Right? So look at Galatians chapter number six. Verse number seven says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Galatians six, verse seven Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that, that, that shall he also reap. Now, my neighbor, beautiful grass, it can also be done from seed, which is harder. You can just take a bunch of grass seed and water it at a particular time of the year, and eventually it will come up into this beautiful lush, which that's what they did over in the farm when they grew it, right? He ordered it, but somebody grew it from seed. 
right? We've got to understand that each and every choice that we make today, right now, either based on character or comfort, we, that choice is not over. It will come to us the next day. We are paving our own future. Our own, what's my destiny? Your destiny is determined by your choices. Now, destiny is not a Bible word, but maybe we understand that a little bit more. Pastor, why is my life so hard? What choices are you making? Right now, today, I'm trying to do right. Okay, fantastic. Let's talk about the choices you've been making for the last couple of years. Pastor, you sound harsh. I'm not trying to be harsh. We're just trying to learn. We cannot, listen, so so many times people come to me and they want to complain how they feel today. I feel bad about my life. But they don't, often they don't realize that God did not send his son to die on the earth to just make us feel better. That is shallow, guys. Shallow. He came to give us eternal life. And from that gift of eternal life to then intentionally grow a brand new life. And when I make those character choices, one of the things that I reap from those character choices that I make, my feelings start to change. Why? Because my choices are different. Savannah had a um, birthday last week. We had junk food. April made this amazing ice cream cake. It was like brownie on the bottom with like uh, fudge chunks inside, like some kind of chocolate chunks, but it was brownie with chunks. Then mint chocolate ice cream. That's the second layer. How many of you are already hungry? Amen. And then like whipped cream, like whipped topping. Cool Whip. And then she put it in the freezer and froze it. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, I do my very best to only eat dessert once a week, but I'm going to confess that I've had like three days of that stuff. There's something about frozen ice creamy desserts that just speak to my heart. Even though I do run, brother. You spoke about my exercise regimen. Guys, you know what? Here's the thing. Is that... I can still go about my day and not necessarily feel that because I've only had three helpings. Say, Pastor, that's a lot. It is a lot. And they were like, you know, adult-sized portions. You know, like big ones. Amen. If you're going to do it, do it. Is what I say. And the other day, I was trying to lift a little bit of weight and I was lifting it a little bit like fast so my heart rate started to elevate And like when I'm walking around the house or walking around or even like a real slow jog, I don't necessarily feel, but here's the thing about myself and the way my body works with me personally. If I eat a bunch of sugar and I just move about normally and I just have a little bit, like two or three helpings in a couple of days, you know, it just, I don't feel it right away. But if I get my heart elevated, like if I'm running really fast or I'm lifting weights really, really fast or I'm, I'm trying to jump rope really, really fast or swim really, really fast, whatever it is I'm doing, It's like, oh man, my heart rate goes up and it's just like, I do not feel good. 
It just makes me feel weird. And I know immediately just because I've done it, uh, you know, uh, several times. It's because you just ate a bunch of of sugar. You reap what you sow. If you don't feel that, if you don't want to feel that way in the workout that you know is coming because it's on your schedule, then don't eat that ice cream. Right? We understand that. But the Bible says in Galatians 6 and verse number 8, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap. What's that word? In the King James it says corruption. So if I'm, if I'm constantly making, making choices throughout my, throughout my life, throughout my day, throughout my week, and it's just whatever I feel, like these are the weeds. It's just naturally whatever. Hey, whatever I naturally do, whatever I naturally feel, I'm going to respond the way I naturally feel. You guys, you see, here, here, here's the thing. Every single time we have an opportunity to fall into a temptation or to do the wrong thing is also an opportunity for you to practice the right thing. It's for you an opportunity to practice that virtue. If you're tempted to look at something you shouldn't look at that's very lustful, you have an opportunity right then and there to choose temperance, which is self-control. But if I choose, if I choose the lustful thing, then my flesh is going to be very, very strong, and the result is going to be my life is going to be more and more spiritually corrupted. It's going to be falling apart. It's going to be full of weeds. And, and, and it's very easy for them for us then to look at people who are walking in the spirit and making spiritual choices and, and kind of like the guy with the beautiful lawn and then looking at your crabgrass and thinking, oh, I don't like them. And it's like, you've got to make better choices. You've, we have got to start making the choices of Christian character over comfort. Verse number eight. For he that soweth to its flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. It's not, this is not a verse. Don't let anybody tell you. The Bible does not contradict itself. So this is not saying if you act right, you will go to heaven and get life everlasting. That is not what this is saying. Well, how do I know that? Because it goes against so much of what all the other scriptures are saying about salvation. It's trying to say, if you sow to the spirit, if you make that godly choice of what Jesus would do in that moment and you ask him to help you, then you will be connected to the everlasting life that God has given you. You will begin to grow in this spiritual way of of everlasting life. That's what it's saying. So let's just have a quick illustration. We have 365 days in the year 2022. Now, I realize that we're more than half over, but just for the sake of illustration, we have 365 days to make choices. Now, for, 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 for ease, let's just take a moment and let's just look at these choices that we have. We have 365 days to <clears throat> read scripture. Is that a spiritual choice or a fleshly choice? Spiritual. spiritual. Okay. Is this a character choice or a comfort choice? Character. character. Right? It's doing the right thing. It's doing what Jesus would do if he was living in my body, which actually he is. Right? Theologically. And, 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 and in reality, he is. 365 days to read scripture. Okay? 
365 days to pray. Even if we were just to pray once a day. 365 days to make that one choice. Okay? So just for the ease of the illustration, we'll just put these two together. Read scripture and pray. We'll get to attend church here in just a moment. We're just talking about choices. We're just talking about sowing the seeds of our choices. And how when we make these choices, then we get to live in the spiritual world. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Right? The fruit of the Spirit. We get to enjoy those things, but also we get to make those choices. We get the power to do those things, but we also get to enjoy the effects of those things in our life. Right? But we have to make the choice. We have to ask God for help. We have to make the choice. So we have 365 days a year. You say, well... So my question is, and again, we're just talking here. This is not guilt. This is an illustration. How many days a week do you read your Bible? Every day. That's awesome. Now, we're all human beings. Sometimes we miss. Right? Okay? And you say, well, Pastor, it's so hard for me. It's so hard for me to live the Christian life. Okay, so out of 365 days, and by the way, I'm not asking you how much you read the Bible. We have things to do. We have jobs. We have families. We, we, we take time for leisure and for recreation. We all watch entertainment. That's fine. We're, we're just saying, we're just talking about reading a chapter, reading five verses, reading 10 verses, 365. Pastor, the Christian life is so hard for me. The, the, the Christian life is so difficult for me. It's like, okay, well, if if we're talking about the law of sowing and reaping, if we're going to choose character and we're going to read the Bible and pray, then look at all the seeds that we're sowing. Look at all the seeds that we're sowing. 365. And you say, well, pastor, I do that. It's like, okay, well, maybe you could read a little bit of Bible in the morning. Maybe you could read just a little bit at night and just a little prayer. A little prayer in the morning, a little bit of Bible reading in the morning, and a little bit of Bible reading, a little bit of prayer at night. And guys, honestly, we have no excuse. We've got the Bible everywhere. We can listen to it. We can read it. We have different languages available. You could learn a new language and even read it in that or listen to it in that. 365. 365 opportunities to sow the seed. Okay? Now... That's a lot. Now, here's something that we do every day. Don't we eat? I would say we eat 365 days a year. Um, some people fast. Maybe potentially you've been super sick and you couldn't eat for a day or two. That's not any fun. But listen, we, we, we understand when we see someone who is abnormally thin, we think they have a health condition. That is not healthy. Are you eating okay? Now we know you can you can get you can get yourself in trouble by eating too much, but here we're just talking about just the simple fact of of eating. But guys, here's the question. What are what content are you ingesting into your mind every day? What content are you ingesting into your mind every day? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But it's like some, some people, they will listen to the news every single day. So because that's what they do, that's going to be in their mind. Now, is it wrong to watch the news? No, absolutely not. I mean, it, 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 it is what it is. 
This is just to say, what do we do 360? We're, we're talking, we're, we're trying to diagnose why is the spiritual life easier for some people and more difficult for others? What are you doing 365 days a year? Pastor, this is uncomfortable. We didn't come to church for this. No, this is what we need to hear today, guys. This is uncomfortable. Okay, here's another illustration. Okay, how many two weeks are in a year? How many weeks are in a year? 52. Okay, so I'm pretty sure those are 52 X's under Sunday at 10. And Sunday at 11, there's 52. And Wednesday, there's 52. This is an opportunity to sow to the spirit, right? And then, or we can say, well, I'm not going to do that. Okay. So you say, oh, I work on Wednesday. So 52 plus 52 is how much? I haven't done this math. Okay. Plus 52. 156. Are we agreeing with that? Does anybody need to get out their phone and, and do the math? Okay. Okay. That's good. 156. 156 opportunities to make a choice to get fed the word of God for, for living in the what? For living in the spirit or the flesh to grow like beautiful grass or, or the, or the weeds in the crab grass. No, the beautiful grass, right? To follow the Lord, to make, to make choices of character, to make choices of character. Okay, and by the way, if anybody thinks I'm personally attacking them, this has been, this, I preached through books of the Bible. This, is, this was the sermon for today from like six weeks ago. So please understand that. I'm not personally attacking anybody. This is what we need to hear. This is today's sermon for today. Right? So if I am having a really hard time in my Christian walk, I need to ask myself, I need to be honest with myself and say, what kind of choices am I making on these things. You say, Pastor, I work on Wednesdays. I can't possibly come. Okay, that's fine. Here's, here's what we'll do. Okay, we'll do this. Okay, now 50, 52 plus 52 is how many? 104. Okay, so I have 104 opportunities. 10, Sunday at 10. Pastor, Sunday at 10 is just way too early to me. I mean, I normally get up at like six in the morning and I have to be at work by seven or I normally have to be at work by eight. But on Sunday, it's just impossible. Okay, that's fine. Pastor, you're just being a bit aggressive today. No, we're just, we're just talking here. Okay, so, all right, there. Now, now we've got how many left? 52. 52 left. Pastor, I don't make it every week. I actually only make it like maybe twice a month. Okay, now there's some quick math I have to do right now that I'm not possibly going to get right. Okay, so let's just take, just for the sake of illustration, let's just take this one out. How about once a month? Pastor, I can only make it once a month. Okay, let me count my X's. That's not supposed to be a joke because I've never been divorced. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Let's just do half, okay? Let's just do half. Just, just that. That's how many times I can make it. 
in a Sunday. It's like, okay, so, 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 so if somebody's coming to church that many times and they may or may not be reading their Bible throughout the 365 days, guys, the point I'm trying to make is that sometimes we just focus on right now. We're not thinking about what we're sowing. And then we're frustrated with where our life is. Is that true? Is that true? Now, we recognize this principle 110% for other choices in our life. If, if, if somebody comes to us and say, my finances are a mess. I have no money. I'm six credit cards deep. Each credit card is $5,000. We're thinking, you have got to stop this horrible habit of just happy spending. You're shopaholic. Uh, retail therapy, they call that. Isn't that one of the things? Isn't that a thing? You, you've got six credit cards. You walk into a store. I want that. 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 And you don't even think about, you don't think about how much money. We're like, you've got a budget, man. Friend, you've got you've to think about what's happening here. Or you've got a friend who's just like, man, I just feel awful and I'm overweight and I'm not strong and I'm falling down and, and I'm getting sick all the time and I'm, and I'm getting hurt. And it's like, okay, well, let's talk about your what? Let's talk about your diet. Let's talk about your exercise. Those are two separate things, okay? For the sake of illustration, let's say scripture and prayer. Two separate things. And you say, look, if you, if you work a little bit on your diet, you don't, have to be, you don't have to be a superhuman being when it comes to your diet. You can just, just try a little bit. And guys, that's the message for today is if we want to see growth in spiritual things, We've got to ask ourselves this hard question. If you were to take a calendar and you were to put X's on the days that you read the Bible and pray, what would it look like? If you were to take a calendar and you were to put a red X on, on, on service times that you could make, what would it look like? And I understand that everybody can come to everything. That's totally normal. But the question is, where are we? I'm almost done. First Peter. Sorry, second Peter. My timer's at 30 minutes. I usually go to 40 minutes. So in between 30 minutes and 40 minutes, I'll stop. We're going to take, for the remaining time, we're just going to take a moment and we're going to look at first, uh, sorry, second Peter one, and we're going to look at verses numbers eight through 12. And we're just going to look at, there are really eight things listed here, specific things of someone who does not intentionally sow in the spirit side. They, they're not diligent. They don't do it. And so what does their life look like? What does their spiritual life look? look like. If someone says, I'm just not going to be intentional. Again, we're not looking for perfection here. We're looking for progression. We're looking for effort, right? We're looking for effort. It says in verse number eight, for if these things be in you, notice these things are in you. Notice these things are things that, that, that we allow God to work in our hearts on. These are choices we make in our life. These are, these are virtue, right? Knowledge, uh, patience. God puts us in a situation where we need to exercise patience, for example. Or he's putting us in a situation where we need to have some kind of spiritual knowledge. 
Or he's putting us in a situation where we need to exercise virtue, which means uh, the courage or manliness, uh, like in, in the Greek, that's what it means. Or like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm just not going to know this. I'm going to do this thing. I'm leaning into it, right? Or he's putting us in a situation where we have to exercise brotherly kindness. We have to. We should. Or we're putting us in a situation where we have to exercise godliness. No, no, I'm going to exercise... I've got an opportunity to really fall back into the old way I used to live, but in this particular, I'm, I am going to exercise godliness in this particular sense, right? So he's saying, if these things be in you, and then agape, which we preached a couple of weeks on that one as well. Verse number eight, for if these things be in you and abound, they make that ye shall neither be, here's the first one, barren. You will not be barren. Your spiritual life with Christ, you'll not be barren. What does barren mean? It means, uh, if you look up the word, it means lazy, inactive, useless, free from labor, and leisure. If you allow the Lord to develop these virtues, virtues in you, you'll not be barren, but you'll be flourishing. Right? Our spiritual life will be flourishing. Not perfect. We're not talking about that. But if it's like, you know what, I'm going to allow the Lord to do these things inside of me so that I can grow and I'm not going to be barren. If Listen, one day we're going to stand before the Lord and he's going, he's going to, he is going to look and see, I put you in different situations. I gave you a church. I gave you a church family. I gave you the Bible, the word of God. And again, he's not demanding perfection because it's impossible. That's why there's such thing as grace, right? But, but he's saying, uh, is there fruit there? Or, or, or is he going to come and he's going to examine us at the last day and he's going to say, barren, there, there's nothing there. Uh, next one is unfruitful. It says, neither, barren, uh, neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unfruitful. Okay. Um, it, it, it's saying unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we exercise these virtues in our life, it, 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 it. It, it draws us closer to the Lord and we have an actual intimate knowledge. We get to know him in a very personal way. That's why we say we don't practice religion. It's a relationship. Well, how do we develop a relationship between us and the Lord? It's through choosing godly character over comfort. It is, it is making the choices that he wants us to make. As Brother Kelvin mentioned, it's, 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 it's learning the word of God and then practicing that in our daily life. It's not, it's not just coming to church occasionally and saying, God, make me feel different. That's not growth. That's not growth. That's not change. That's not, that's not, that's not sowing seeds that are, that are going to make a, a positive and, and lasting impact in our life. It's just an external feeling thing. By the way, this is why sometimes it's so easy to come to church and feel really good about Christianity. You're here, you're with other people. It's amazing. But then what happened? Man, I've got a lot of scowls going on. A lot of angry looks, a lot of scowls. That doesn't bother me a bit. I'm not trying to make anybody mad. But if I made everybody happy all the time, I would be in, guys, entertainers can't even do that. Comedians get booed out of the room, right? Um, and so uh, he said, neither be barren nor unfruitful in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number nine. But he that lacketh these things is blind. Look, these, this is, this is, these are extreme words here, guys. These are extreme words. Barren, unfruitful. Christianity just doesn't seem to work for me. Well, let's talk about what you're sowing to. 
If we're constantly sowing to the flesh and I don't feel like it and I'm never going to practice anything that God tells me to practice and I'm never going to feed the spirit, then Christianity to me is going to be a barren wasteland. It's going to be just like the desert. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty for life. I want to be satiated deep inside. I want to have peace. I want to have joy. Hey, I want to have purpose in my life. And Christianity promises these things, but I don't have them. Why don't I have them? Okay, let's take the time to troubleshoot. What choices are you making? We grocery shop for ourselves in the Christian life. We eat what we sow. You have not because ye ask not. God doesn't answer prayer. Okay, how many times have you prayed? He says we don't have it because we don't practice it. Oh, this is a foundational truth in Christianity. Listen, if we're not careful, we will, we will allow the secular thinking of this city and of this world to say everything is determined by environment. And if God loved me, he would make my environment so perfect and easy for me to feel exactly how I want to feel. There is no growth in that. There is no growth in that. Personal growth is where we actually have incredible sense of purpose and accomplishment. There is satisfaction in, per- in, in, in personal growth. But if I'm not willing to make those choices, what's my life going to be typified as spiritually barren, unfruitful? Verse 9, he that lacketh these things is blind. What does the word blind mean? Well, exactly what it sounds like. Opaque, the Bible says. Smoky. It's like frosted glass. It's like when you get in your vehicle in the wintertime and it's just frosted over. You can kind of sort of see, but you can't really. Is it safe for you to pull out of your driveway and start driving down the road before you scrape all the ice off? No, it's not safe at all. There are unfortunately so many Christians that constantly make the choices in their life and yet they go through life and it's like they see, they see nothing that God sees. They're blind to the spiritual light. God has a perspective in his word and that is the, mo- that is the healthiest perspective that anybody can adopt. It is, it is the most perfect perspective on people, on myself, on other people. But if I don't make the choices, then my eyes are not going to be opened to see things the way he see them. Spiritually, I'm going to remain blind. You say, well, is, is this person even saved? Notice what it says in verse 9. He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. The perspective of their life is very, very different than from what God sees. It's very different. They cannot see afar off. Their, hey, their future is very bleak. Can a Christian commit suicide? Oh, absolutely. There are many suicide attempts in the Bible. Many. How can somebody get to that point? They've lost hope. How do they lose hope if they're a Christian? I thought Christ is our hope. Well, you see, they stopped sowing to the spirit. And so now they're blind and they can't see afar off. They can't even see the reason to have hope for tomorrow. God doesn't think that way at all. He thinks there's all kinds of hope for tomorrow. 
Tomorrow, there's incredible things waiting for us. The Bible says he daily loadeth us with benefits, which means he has tomorrow's benefits and blessings and spiritual blessings already prepared for me, like a giant shopping bag. Just say, come and get it. But if I don't make the choices today, and if I don't make the choices tomorrow, all of those incredible spiritual blessings are just going to be, they're just going to be gone. There's, and, and I'm going to be like a blind. I'm going to start looking for hope elsewhere. And then when I can't find any hope, what happens then? Look, notice, notice verse number nine. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. You for, we, we've forgotten it. Why? Because listen, the choices I make today, if, I, if I'm constantly sowing to the flesh the way the world does, and I'm just living the way everybody else lives, I'm not, I'm not living a way where, where that, that, that reflects what God teaches me in his word. I'm not, I'm not living that way at all. I can forget in a very practical way that I've even ever been saved. It doesn't mean I've lost my salvation. It means I've forgotten that I was purged from my old sins. And I will start acting. Listen, if I act the way everybody else acts, I'm going to feel the way everybody else feels. Right? My future is going to be what everybody else, what everybody else's future is. God has something better than that for us. He came to give us not just life, but abundant life. Not just abundant life, but everlasting life. He came to give us the most incredible life, not just in heaven, but here right now. And I'm not talking about getting rich. I'm talking about a spiritually rich life inside. So satisfying. It goes on to say, uh, verse number 10, wherefore the rather brethren give diligence. There it is. We mentioned that before to make your calling and election. Sure. Oh, there it is. God's chosen some people to go to heaven, other people not to go to heaven. That's simply just not the case. Whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely, but then whosoever actually means the only the people that I choose. Okay. Uh, and and if, you're, if you're drinking in the water of reformed theology and Calvinism, Wow, does that get confusing and dark. What kind of pride can I strut around with and say, I've been chosen. By the way, if it's election, how can this other person by their choices and verse number eight be, be forgotten that they were purged from their old sins? I thought they were elected and they could automatically go to heaven. Now, some of you may not necessarily be understanding everything that I'm saying right now, but some of you are. The election is simply talking about this, your purpose. You've been saved and God has a new fresh purpose for you. An incredible purpose for your life. And that election means that you have been, when you made the choice to choose Christ, you have now been put into God's plan. It's no different than you saying, I'm going to choose to go work for this particular company. Then that company puts you in all of their programs. Right? Benefits, retirement, uh, health and wealth and whatever it is. It's not any different. I've chosen Christ. He's put me in his, he's, he's put me in his particular program that he has chosen for his people. Notice in verse number eight, and we'll be done. Sorry, verse number 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now that's simply speaking to the fact that now Christ 
is the ruler over the spiritual kingdom, the hearts of those who know him as savior. And then one day that will be translated into the, the kingdom of Christ, which is the thousand year reign of Christ, which in eventually one day that will be, we're going to be in heaven with him forever. It is the eternal kingdom that never stops. Jesus came, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's a spiritual kingdom. It talks about it in first Corinthians chapter number uh, eight, I believe. The kingdom of Christ is, is love and joy and peace. If I'm quoting that correctly. It's talking about the spiritual riches and the spiritual. Look, we, we, we are so hung up on this kingdom and on this world. Look at what's happening. Look at what's happening. Look at what's happening. Look at what's happening. And God's up in heaven saying, ah, I saved you. Look at what's happening with me. And we'll never see it. We'll never see what God has for us. We'll walk around thinking, I have no purpose. We're walking around thinking, there is no plan for me. We'll walk around thinking, I don't know if I've been forgiven of my sins. We'll walk around thinking, I don't belong to anyone. I don't belong anywhere. I don't even know if Christianity is real. And guys, we've got to go back to, what seeds are we sowing? How can I expect to live a spiritually rich Fulfilling, God-honoring, eternally significant life. If I'm only making one or two spiritual choices a week, when I could be making significant choices 365 days a year, and especially at the first service times, it, we, we would see life differently. We would see Jesus differently. We would see church differently. We would see each other differently. We would see our kids. By the way, the perspective, the choices that I make, if I am making Christian character choices in my life, that, are, that is the kind of environment that I'm going to raise my kids in. And to them, it's going to be normal for them to see mom and dad say, no, we're not going to baseball on Wednesday night. We're going to church. Why? Because it's more important. Baseball will come and go, but God lasts forever. It's so important for us to take the time to teach our kids that, but I can't teach them that if I'm not doing that myself. Everybody bow your heads, please, and close your eyes.